0: Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode.
1: Welcome, everybody. Uh, So it's another week of CLCI Live, and today we're going to discuss silent, but deadly relationship killers. (laughs) We couldn't hear what you were doing. <laughs>
2: silent killers.
1: <laughs> that is not silent. <laughs> uh, silent
2: killer. Yeah, that's better. That's, no, um, no, uh, actually, streaming and live because last time we did this <laughs> thing for like ten minutes. I think we, we are a- okay. Oh, uh, before,
1: so, before we dive in, before we dive, dive, dive in, at which we're going to, I want to remind Thank everybody you. who is out there watching us to please participate in the conversation, join in the talk, make sure you leave comments, and we want to hear from you through this. We want your input, your feedback, your questions, everything. We're here and we are monitoring comments. So, please, 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 please say hello and interact with us. We certainly 100% want to hear from you. So, um, all right. So let's talk about this a little bit. We did last year uh, uh, uh the the topic of relationship killers. Now we're talking about the
3: silent ones. What could be uh, what what could be a
1: silent what does this mean exactly?
3: Anybody? <laughs> you know, I can, so how- I can tell tell a little story. Um many years ago I went to um you know, on the self-help journey of Barbara DeAngelis. She used to be the one of the Couples, um, counselors, or therapists that were out there in the world. And one of the things she would talk about are the silent things that we say to ourselves. Basically, if he drops that sock one more time on the floor and doesn't make it, I'm going to. And, you know, I'm I'm, going to. So the boundaries don't get set. The silent communication that didn't occur until the blow up occurs. So that's what I'm going to think that we're talking somewhat about tonight. Yeah.
1: Which is sort of, uh, I mean, it is, that is, could be for sure, for sure, be called um, uh, a lack of communication right there, right? We're not sharing our needs, our, fan, our, our, our what have Mm
3: -hmm. you. Um, We're not owning a boundary. We're not setting a boundary and we're not taking responsibility for the boundary to, to have been met pushing that finger out to the other person and they don't even probably know much about the boundary, but the expectation is silent. The silent expectation. Right there.
1: I think that was where I was going. I think that's what you were, I was, it's, it's that it's expectation. I think Mm -hmm. it's the expectation. It might even be the word should. Um, (laughs) it's that, um, never unspoken. I expect this, but I've never shared it with my partner. Um, but I'm, I, I'm going to carry this expectation with me through the relationship and never actually communicate it.
3: Um, it's actually very true. They, they have many times when they've come in, will share that they should already know this. Why do I have to share this? Like we all come with the book of how to have a relationship with my partner, which we don't seem to really do. We don't have that book that says, this is how to do it. So we must say and communicate and share what that means. Sam?
0: Yeah, there is, um, as y'all were talking about that, sometimes there's these expectations that we have even before we get into relationships, because of what we read, because of what we see, because of what, we are flooded with all the time uh relationships should look like this boyfriend should be this girlfriend should be this and when they're not these things there's this thought that hey didn't you read the same manual that i read like what's going on here
1: uh i which brings me to like the dangers of of um, fairy tales to some degree or or disney movies um that 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 silent expectation that, that every little girl has because they watch all these movies of that's just not realistic um sorry don't get me started on like books like twilight and it's, it's they are dangerous on some level because it sends this, uh, this expectation of this damsel in distress and this fairy tale thing and this, but the reality is is it that is not reality right <laughs> that is not real life things um sorry just you
3: haven't watched yellowstone yet i can tell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, <I have> not. <laughs> yeah. now there's a girl <laughs> you
0: know what's funny yeah the chances of things like that actually becoming a reality increase when we talk about what it is that mm-hmm. we're looking for
3: mm-hmm. then
0: we can start looking at what we have in our heads versus what our partner can deliver and let's find that reality in between those two versus just <laughs> ain't you going ain't you going to get that ain't you going to pick up that dish ain't you going to pick up that tab like what's going on here
4: so much work to talk isn't it oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> 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 not for
1: someone like me no <laughs> <laughs> Rolling right out without any issue from the start. <laughs> um,
4: I think people um, are just part of that. Uh, not not wanting to talk isn't really being lazy. I think it's just um, having the lack of an ability to be vulnerable. Um, I feel like a lot of us really find it difficult even with the relationship that we find ourselves wanting to potentially foster into one that's long lasting we still find it hard to be vulnerable and to open up and connect with someone on a deeper level than we're used to on a regular basis so i think a lot of that counts. i think vulnerable. i'm
1: lazy wait go ahead what'd you say
2: anthony oh i said i'm just lazy <laughs>
0: Just,
2: that too. That too. That too. <laughs> just to not talk. Don't ever bring anything up. You just let it, just let it die in the past. You know, it's water to the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, is it though?
1: No, is, is, is it? That's just it, it, isn't. For For me, so. it is. Or is it something that's slowly gonna gonna erode your relationship because it's the water is still running? <laughs> but I it guess it depends
0: running. on the stories that we tell ourselves about relationships. At the end of the day. Well, I think.
1: it also brings baggage baggage comes into this right like what you bring to the table you might be bringing a whole lot of assumptions about somebody else um and oh look there sam's got his baggage
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> i like my bag
1: and not realize that you are you are uh maybe a making your partner guilty of your former partner's failings um, or assuming that they are going to behave in the same way. And so you never give them the chance or the opportunity to actually show you what they're really going to be like. Yeah.
2: Oh, and
1: I see Sam nodding his head.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. You preaching right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all the, listen, fellas, they're all the same. They're just (laughs) just going to hurt you.
0: Uh
2: I remember I I I I don't have any back. back. (laughs) Uh
0: So that's
1: I mean, how do we how do we how do we fix that?
0: Well, to speak a little bit from experience on this one, coming from the guy that is nowhere near a relationship guru in any sense but I found that the really the best way out of such a cycle of what you said, holding your current partner responsible for things you might've seen in the past is to truly move through them. It's not going to be comfortable talking about those places where you might have been inconvenienced, hurt, wounded, but if you never bring it to the surface, you never give it the opportunity to get that air of healing. So it's important that you communicate as you see fit in, in, areas where you're ready and they're ready to receive it, that's really important. You can't just dump things on your partner just because they're your partner. Share where you're at, pieces by pieces. And if they're ready for more, give them more. If you're ready for more, give them more.
1: Is there a way to identify, uh, like personally, like when these things happen, when when we uh, have this moment of, of um, maybe I'm not even aware of it is what I'm saying. Like Like mm-hmm. if I have no clue, how do I become aware of what I'm bringing, like the, of the, the load of baggage I have brought with me? I've got a guy, he's carrying it. He's quiet though, so I don't really notice him.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: so I've got, you know, like the whole cart, of that, but I'm, I don't even know it's there. So how mm-hmm. do you bring, bring an awareness to that? If you maybe, it's, it's sort of uh, akin to biases almost, um, where what do you do? How do you ask yourself, what is it that you can say or do to um, bring that awareness in the first place? One step for, like, I'm, I'm taking it one step before the communicate communicating. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I think before, oh my goodness, wait, Brooke, I'm distracted yeah. by those flowers.
3: <laughs> Aren't they pretty?
0: <laughs> no. All right, go ahead, Lisa. So
3: the, the step before the communicating, I'm, I'm not clear what you mean when you say, hot. What do you do one step before the communicating? Too? What if I don't know, like, what if I don't know that, what my baggage is? Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's the partners. I mean, so there's lots of answers and struggling to come out of me at the moment. The, the idea when you're in a relationship, if you're in a growth relationship, meaning if you're willing to learn and grow together, then you have to have conversations, but you also, more importantly, have to know what works for you and what doesn't work for you and have that discussion. The things that work for us, I mean, it's lovely. We we can have that discussion on the things that work for us, but really it's the things that we're unclear about and having multiple discussions as I think it was Sam or somebody said vulnerability in a, in a vulnerable way to be open to the flow. If I am not aware that I have all this baggage, then we've got to step towards having that conversation. So I'm not sure how I would be aware of it. If I wasn't aware of it, I mean, cause that's what your conundrum question is. Right. I think I, I have a way,
1: but yeah. uh, Anthony, go ahead. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, um, part of being aware of what you don't know, and this is like with Brooke said, with biases, with baggage, mm-hmm. just knowing what you don't know. Um, you know, you can get away with that when you're single because no one's going to call you out on it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship or in any kind of relationship, not just like romantic, but mm-hmm. like with your family, your coworkers, literally anybody else, they get to have a more objective view of what's going on and who you are. And if they know your history and you're open with them about, you know, your past or whatever, or they know things about you, they might be able to better identify what is baggage um, versus what's just, you know,
1: I'm going to take it. What I mean, I'm going to take it to this. I'm going to take it to this it much. And then Sam, I see you. I absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if there's friction, if there are things, even if there is an inclination of this emotion, this feeling this something is not right in me, something doesn't feel right, something's not just not working, right? The first thing I would say to ask is, what am I bringing here? What am I, what am I bringing to this? Like, what about this is me related? And not to just point the finger immediately and just but to stop and go, hey, how do I take some responsibility
2: here?
3: That, that's great yeah. awareness, but I don't think most people go, are in a relationship are going to do that. They will blame the other person for the trials and tribulations that brought them where they are. Well, that's what I'm encouraging them right. to before they get to the
1: blaming to first go, hey, what is wrong with me?
0: <laughs> well, in space, and in that space, it's really important to, specifically in your season of singleness, to get a good look at where you are with the most basic human emotions, happiness, sadness, anger, disgust, grief. If you can establish what the good and bad about yourself is in every single one of those places, you can be proactive before you get to that place where you're either blaming or finger pointing because it's all about preparing for battle before the battle. If you try to prepare the battle during it, you're going to get killed.
1: I'm going to call it emotional inventory. Take Boom. emotional inventory of your life, of yourself, of you, and, and how you're going to react in any given situation. And and just always have that awareness. And I think it comes to also even being able to recognize when those emotions are starting to, to come to the surface, right? Whatever they be, be, good, bad, otherwise. Identifying that change in chemistry, that change in feeling, and sort of becoming aware around what causes those things i mean it's really self-awareness is is uh, i think it's the key to change
0: honestly (laughs) and and it doesn't stop it does not stop when you're single it doesn't stop when you're in a relationship because you can do that emotional inventory when you're single and then when you bring another person into the picture that might have a different upbringing than you you might find some things pop up that otherwise would not have popped up. And in that space, you have to come back to, OK, what's the good? What's the bad about the situation? What can I learn from it?
1: I'm going to say, too, you might be hungry. You might be tired. You might be having a crappy day. And for whatever reason, now all of a sudden, this thing is is just and that's again another way to emotional inventory. Okay, wait. Am, have I fed myself? Have I gotten enough sleep? Before I get to like pointing my finger at other people, I need to do a little inventory here. How about um, you? Which is true. But I mean, it, it's also the thought process. It takes two in every relationship, it always involves two people. So, every given situation, both people have to take a moment to go, okay, wait what did what what, we're we aren't working this is the we problem (laughs) right Mm -hmm. it's not just the me problem or you problem it's a we problem Mm -hmm. Um, okay sorry i'm off my soapbox now
0: (laughs) we love your soapbox get it
3: it, it (laughs) definitely projection lots of projection goes on in relationships when you're not recognizing your part into it so that's what you're talking about is right on the money i mean so well, much we put onto the other person based on what our expectations and who we are. Go ahead, bro. No, no, you're fine. No, no, keep keep going with the project in the same space. That yeah.
1: we that, that thought process, it's when we stop thinking about we and start thinking about I. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. I'm not getting this. I am not doing this. He is not doing this. But if you're thinking about we, you're going to empathize with the other person. Why aren't we succeeding? Why isn't this working for us? The moment I start thinking about in that I, 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 I space, it becomes, I'm not in a relationship anymore. I'm just thinking about me (laughs) and what I am not getting, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: which is the whole, I mean, that's, it's, it's, uh, I'm not to say that being, it's not, you are not important in your relationship uh, and to remain an individual, but I just I think that that so much so a lot of times with couples, they get stuck in that I space. Mm.
3: Well, and the the idea of asking those questions, have you eaten? Have you, it's got to be not in a snarky way, right? It's got to be, <laughs> I don't think oh, no, oh, that's not going to be okay. <laughs> I think you need to go eat. Let's have you, I mean, that's just not going to fly either.
0: <laughs> it's not about the nail.
3: <laughs> well also
1: too i think that when you're exploring and doing that emotional inventory it's critical sam you just wrote this about biases and i completely agree 100 it is critical to not do that from a place of negative judgment
3: uh-huh.
1: you do it from a place of like i want to grow and be better and explore this and i'm not going to judge myself for this i'm not going to beat myself up what i'm going to do is figure out how to change it how to grow from it uh-huh. um and that's I mean that's a whole other mental, you know,
3: oh,
0: yeah. I
1: mean, the reality is when we're in an emotional space, we're probably not going to be able to do any of this.
0: That's <laughs> right back to preparing for battle before the battle. Once you're emotional, you are officially in the battle.
2: I so, was about to say that's why you do everything possible to just kill your emotions. <laughs> I really love did. it. You're like the it. anti-love guy. I love it. <laughs> Just be super logical all the time. Don't ever sink to an emotional level in a conversation or argument. Just <laughs> throw facts at the other person. They're going to love it. Don't worry. Uh, wait. <laughs> so I mean, you're, you're saying
0: by not being emotional, they're going to omit the emotion of love at your lack of emotion, which is logic. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yes. All right.
2: <laughs>
3: good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good luck with that
2: one. <laughs> well, that's okay. Well, to, to, to make this more serious, though, there is that opposite end. And pe- there are people in relationships who are like that. Like, if I just be logical, my partner would understand that. But that's kind of a shooting, isn't well, it? My partner know. should see There's the logical a, argument. They should for, not be emotional.
3: For, Barring a term again from Barbara, kind of forgot how much I really identified with her. Barbara DeAngelis, she called it tanking. If I'm calm and you are looking crazy, she's saying what I'm doing is I'm stuffing my emotions. So it's got to come out somewhere and it's only going to come out of the partner I'm with because if I'm in this state of not being really calm, but I'm stuffing down what I'm really feeling it's a misnomer to expect that experience to have a happy ending
2: (laughs) not everyone
0: responds to facts and logic the exact same way as we've all learned
2: in the last two years alone (laughs) it was like facts facts and logic don't have feelings I'm bent you
1: Yes. Ex- well, yes. Let's, we're not going to delve into that. Anyways, what, what um, I will say though, is if you are a person that is based in that, that very factual, that very sort of uh, critical thinking, that is what you do. You're going to have a partner that probably speaks your language mm. that, that, that is able to understand you and the way you're coming from. And you guys have got to develop a, a, if every, both parties are happy and content and it's a healthy relationship let's. <coughs> say mm-hmm. all of that there's probably going to be a sort of language they both speak and a, a level of satisfaction that is brought on w- in whatever language they are in right we right. may not understand it from an outside perspective but that doesn't mean that it's not functioning for them
4: <laughs> um
2: yeah.
1: it might be what i want but it might be what somebody else wants
2: but what is- i think
3: if you bring it in oh sorry anthony
2: Oh, I was going to say, but isn't that why we're discussing relationship killers in the first place, the silent ones? Because sometimes you're not speaking the same language and you don't even know that you're not speaking the same language. They're just on like two different Mm
3: -hmm. levels
2: of existence and only some of the radio static is getting through and it just sounds, you know, completely Mm -hmm. insane to you. But to the other person, they're making complete sense and they're not getting why you're not understanding their point of view, um, which is why these the relationship, the silent relationship killers come into play. Mm. 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 And mic drop. <laughs> Boom. All right, we're done with the live.
3: You're done. <laughs> oh. we,
1: can, we can move on to another topic, um, which uh, here's, here's uh, catastrophizing. Mm. Uh, this is sort of, its it falls in the realm of black and white thinking, exaggerating, where where uh, I'm going to even take it one step further and say, maybe I'm somebody that is always sort of catastrophizing or, or uh, disparaging my partner, even when they're not around. Like, you know, I'm just one of those people, he, he's always this, he's always that. It's always going to be this things are going to end terribly. Like it's these great, Giant catat- catastrophic um, conclusions that, that are always being jumped to. Uh, again, it sort of falls in that that realm of not giving the other person a chance to to sink or swim, but just assuming that that, that, that no, it's going to be a catastrophic out- outcome. <laughs> well,
2: well, it's like a an example of like the slippery slope um, bias, where like mm-hmm. I see, <laughs> sorry, I see this on TikTok sometimes. I don't know why TikTok is like sending me a relationship. TikToks, but it's like the one where like the guy just like he just kind of turns over in his sleep to face the other direction away from his partner, and the partner's just like he hates. Me. He's going to break up with me now. It me and it, you know that's an example, a funny example of catastrophizing, but it's taking these little tiny things and then okay, then that means this, and because it means this, it means that. And because it means that, then it means the worst possible, you know, outcome. Um, Where I don't know if it starts off as a black and white thing, but it starts off as, it's like, you're starting off something small and turning it into something bigger than it really is. Yeah. So how do you over, over.
3: It's the overthinking piece, that overthinking, where we think it's something to death and make it so not what it is. What is our point of this conversation? When we're, are we trying to help those that are doing that come? So we exactly. de- we're going
1: to we're defining we're defining the problem and then presenting yeah. the solution. <laughs> it's
3: Overthinking. It's, it's over generalization. It's the slippery slope, like Anthony brought up. It's all of those things. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So what do it's, I do then? As if I have a partner who catastrophizes. And I don't do that, but I see it happening. How do I mm-hmm. start the conversation without like just saying, oh, you're making a big deal out of this.
3: You and don't do it in the moment. You can't you, do it in the moment. That's, that's there,
0: a killer. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't say something like, this isn't a big deal. You're, not, you're making a big deal out of this. But instead posing it as a question, what's your thought process behind this action, behind these words, really turning it into a space of curiosity because- All of this is an interpretation of what we've defined as hostile action, loving action, something that we've already created in our minds. And until we get clarity on the action of the word with our partner by opening our mouths and asking, we're going to continue to over-catastrophize the smallest thing when we otherwise could get clarity by just speaking about it. It's a silent killer, just as we've been talking about.
1: Well, and I think it can go both ways, right? Uh, if, if the person is catastrophizing, saying, "You know, you hate me. You're going to leave me. You're going," to... the other person, it might be as simple as them saying, mm-hmm. "Well, why? Or why do you feel that way? Or is that true? Have I yet? <laughs> um, Have is I this yet? Old? Have you? I mean, has it? Are you? Is it? Are you certain? <laughs> um, uh, I do. I, I am.
3: <laughs>
2: I am. It's a little bit like the same coaching skills we use when our clients catastrophize in any for any reason, you know, clients will do that. And then you ask, OK, what are the alternatives? What could this also mean? Yes. Or what could this also be instead of this scenario? I'm going to um, say
3: in the moment of it, it's just be present be Mm. present with that person not take ownership of what they're experiencing it's a tough place because as soon as you start trying to play coach in that moment it's going to feel inauthentic to the person you're with
1: i think though too we're assuming Mm -hmm. though we're talking about silent killers we're talking about the the little things that erode this so we're not in a conflict in this point i mean i don't want us to assume that what's going on is there's a fight or a conflict going on True this is, these are the things that like slowly erode a relationship until it's like, I can't do it anymore. Like this is, and this is it. just this, you know, and, and, and they add up. Right. And so this is one of those things that maybe it happens a little bit every day and every day, but it wears down. And I think where it's unfair to the other person, the person that they're saying, you hate me, you're going to leave me. You're going to, is they're not giving that person any credit. Right. Mm. In that situation, what they're doing is they're not giving their partner the credit for staying there, for being there, for because they're always assuming that, you know, the worst. And it's not fair to their
4: partner in this situation. I would say, quite honestly, what is it? Catastrophizing? Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that ultimately, um, unfortunately, seems to me to be a scenario where you have to, whoever is the one doing the catastrophizing, they've got to be the ones to take care of that themselves. Um,
2: Because we're I think we're
4: trying to explain what the partner can do. I think ultimately, they can help they can try their best to kind of move them out of that space of catastrophizing. But I think ultimately, this doesn't seem like a cooperative effort that um, I mean, I guess it can be but I don't think ultimately a cooperative effort is going to get you the results that you necessarily looking for as that partner in this scenario.
1: Maybe it's around, it's about bringing awareness to them, like in in a way that is not uh, accusatory, right? But bringing awareness into the space of uh, you say to me that you, you know, you think I hate you a lot. Um, I don't, but that needs to stop, (laughs) you know? And then it's up to the other person to go, okay, what do I have to do to change that about me? Right? What do I? What is it about me that's bringing this to the table? And that's again this this the the reality that we we have to take ownership and a role in our uh, in our relationships. It's not just up to the other person. It's up to us as well. Um, and it is. It's it's up to both both and individual come hmm. into play, like Jerome said.
0: Um, I almost feel like one of the quick as get out of jail free cards in any situation like this especially for the silent relationship killers is both partners sitting down and having the conversation and making it very clear what makes you feel loved
1: i was gonna say not
0: make you feel loved oh
1: i love that by the way i love what makes you feel loved what makes you not feel loved like and that can be that can be changed too if you're not in a space where you're ready for love or you're you know what makes you feel liked what makes like, you feel, appreciate yeah what makes you feel appreciated what makes you feel grateful cared for thank mm, yeah. seen anything what is it that works for you and what is it so that 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 languaging can be changed at, under any given situation if you have a, a partner that says doesn't listen to me he's not communicating then all it takes is well what makes you feel heard that's it at yeah. that point.
0: Crazy thought, huh? Dang.
1: Awesome job, Sam. Amazing pants.
0: <laughs> oh, I like my pants. They, they came from Walmart. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate you seeing and feeling. I, I get anyway, moving on. <laughs>
3: it's, it's it's also letting your partner know that you're wanting to approach these conversations. Are they in a place to have this conversation because if you're approaching someone and they're not in a space to have this it's not going to go well then either
1: that brings me to another relationship killer that is silent
3: avoidance mm.
4: Ooh. Mm. avoidance
1: i don't want to have this conversation i don't have time to have this conversation i'm too busy to have this conversation i don't want like how do you manage that avoidance because if we can't talk we're not we're not ever gonna get better
2: at anything. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. Can, I, can I say this to somebody who is a recovering avoider? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you have to learn how to uh, step out of that. This is going a little bit back into the emotional inventory piece, asking myself, do I want to continue to avoid conversations like this all my life? and consequently never have the relationship that I truly want, it's like time to put your big boy pants and your big girl pants on and let's have that conversation because it's either you do that or you continue to have a shadow of the thing that you truly want. It's like, you can't avoid it forever and expect a miracle or a fairy tale like we were talking about, you know?
1: It's uh, it's the the kind of the concept that nobody is going to save your relationship but you, <laughs> like or, or but you both, right? You can't. Nobody's going to come in and suddenly make everything all better. Like it, it's true of real life of anything, right? There's not some fairy godmother that comes in and, and says, "Oh look at that, everything's great now." <laughs> no, it takes hard. Not. i sorry to break your heart.
0: Everything I know is a lie. (laughs)
1: Santa Claus isn't real either, and neither is the truth fairy. You're breaking my heart.
2: (laughs) I've I've got a question as far as avoidance goes. Um, I think there's a lot of different reasons why people avoid conversations and stuff like that. One of the, and my immediate one is just because I'm lazy and I don't want to be bothered with it. But do you, there's also an aspect of like fear, and there's fear. sometimes yeah. you get that you get that feeling like when you're a little kid and like mom and dad are mad at you and they're having that talk and you're like you freeze up. You don't want. You're afraid of conflict. It's not if even just you're that type of person who's afraid of conflict. How do you manage that avoidance then?
1: I'm going it too. It's when we don't even want to assume it's just conflict. It's fear of of loss. Fear of rejection fear of being alone fear of it being it being insecure fearing fear of fear of well i have this i can at least i have this what if happens if i lose this you know and so i'm not going to bring it up because i don't want to lose it um there's so many levels of fear that can come into it um they keep people just okay i'm just not going to share i'm not going to um and that's a crappy place to be (laughs)
0: <laughs> what's ironic about that not it's what's a, ironic about that avoidance because of fear of loss is that it makes it that much easier for you to lose that thing because yeah. you're not feeling you're not fully seen, you're not allowing yourself to be fully seen or heard. Therefore, your partner's not given the opportunity to serve you in that area of need or even explore if they can, because sometimes you can bring it up and the answer is no. But in that space, one has to be, ironically, courageous enough to speak those words and step into that place with the fear and trembling in their voice. They literally need to sit in that place of fear as they're talking, because it's not about waiting for that storm to pass. It's about being able to hold your ground in that emotional storm, because it's going to come, and it's going to come with a vengeance, but... As long as you're able to speak one word in that, you can speak the next word, and then the next word, and then the next word. It's practice in that proverbial fire, if you will.
1: That's, I mean, easily said, so hard to do. I mean, when you look at at the number of of, uh, women alone who are in uh, relationships that are abusive, and I will say men and women, let's say, they're in manipulative relationships. They're and so much of that is born out of a fear of of i don't i don't want to be alone i don't this is what i know um uh at least there's a whole fear that comes with thought processes is is this is this is this is the enemy i know at least mm. i can live with the enemy i know i mean out there there could be way worse or there could be nothing and i could be alone and so that is i mean it's a terrifying place to be it's it's tough and Every time I hear of a woman that gets out of one of those relationships, I, because I am parts of groups and things like that, I'm like, you are awesome. Like, you right now just taking a huge step, and you are a badass. Um, and it's scary, but but you have done the hardest thing. Um, and and so it will just get easier from here. I mean, it really will. Um, I, but it's so scary in those moments. It really, really is and can be very difficult, um, especially if you're in a manipulative relationship where you have somebody that's been belittling you for years and years and years and you feel this big. <laughs> so. Um,
3: well, and and codependence, that codependence in the relationships is a silent killer as well. Because if I come in and I'm just rescue, 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 that's not me taking any ownership of my experience. I'm only out there to make sure you're living your life. Mm what about me but i'm not going to think about that in the beginning until i somehow feel the resentment that's building up in me and so that that's what a lot of the times in new relationships they they get the lovey-dovey experience but also like you said it's it's the it's the relationship i know i don't know what else is out there and so i'm going to stay with this relationship and I'm going to accept things that I would not normally accept. That codependency is learning how to be independent as you are relying and leaning into each other. Mm.
1: Well, I will say too that the, um, the, the element of, um, of we're in the codependent space, right? Mm-hmm. What's interesting is you typically have somebody who is a giver right that uh, somebody who is is they are that is their role i yeah. i am a former i am a former caretaker to the end degree uh um, a baby i just it is i was the oldest and i i mean i babied my brother like to the end i mean the kid there are words how <laughs> much i just wanted to protect him and keep him safe and give him everything he needed and never having him feel any pain <laughs> 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 um, he to be an adult at some point right um so uh i but but in that space and the reason i bring that up is is at some point though i have to realize all of my giving all of my generosity may be coming with some level of expectation which brings us back to the first thing it may be it comes comes with the expectation of you're gonna love me back yeah Uh, you're gonna wait if i do this for you then i expect this in return um Mm -hmm. and sometimes that is that that's a very manipulative place um, I think a lot of, of people who are professed givers don't acknowledge. And it's something that I was like, okay, I need to be aware that this could be dangerous ground. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I, again, it's what it's self-awareness, It's always that self-awareness mm. um, piece where, okay, I'm not going to give with expectation. And I have to make sure that what I give, what I'm doing is I'm giving without expectations. Mm. Uh, which is one of the hardest things for people to do, I think. I mean, it can be oh, very um, yeah. especially yeah. Thoughts?
4: <laughs> can you say that
0: last part one more time?
1: The the part about giving without expectation. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. How we as human beings tend to give, and it, there's a feeling of strings being attached, right? If it mm-hmm. it starts to feel like if I accept this what i'm i'm a little cautious to even accept this gift because what is the expectation that's going to come with it right?
0: Yeah.
2: oh my as, gosh wow um, that's another silent killer too.
1: yeah um so then then as a, it, sorry Henry. so as sorry, a, like so that's on the receiver's end right but on the giver's end, what are you expecting like what what are you giving with the intention of getting something back?
0: It Oh my gosh, this could honestly be both. Honestly, it could be a silent killer or, oh, I say this delicately. It can be a gateway towards a healthy and reciprocal relationship. And here's why I say that. If you give with the expectation of something in return and it's not something that is realistic, communicated, and something that can benefit all parties, then yeah, that could be a very toxic place to give from and at that point it's not really giving it's almost lending in a sense because if i don't get something i can easily get it's not giving they're paying you for it at that
1: point it's
0: it's for the blockbuster blockbuster service in a sense (laughs) and on the other hand if you're in that space where you are being honest with yourself and what you need being honest with your partner and what you need when you give, it's not an unrealistic or a toxic expectation. It's we are doing this because we're in a reciprocal give, give relationship, serve, serve relationship. It's not giving to get something for the sake of saying, I got something. It's because this is the culture of our relationship. We work to outgive and outserve one another. I'm going to shut up now
1: no i love that i love that yeah. i also want to uh, to to bring up acknowledgement is is critical in this like uh acknowledging that when somebody gives i, I thank you for that that means a lot uh, but then on the same thing as the somebody who, who's receiving acknowledging back the gifts that your person gives you even they may not be the gifts that, that that you know the same thing it's not going to be it may not be money they might be giving you gifts a different way right and this is where language is love comes in right Mm -hmm. um where where somebody might be filling up somebody's cup with one thing and then everyone's filling up the cup with the other um but nobody should really be taking score Mm -hmm. i think right in this like i did x amount and so that's that like that there's no scorecard in this.
3: there's not but if it's if it's not a reciprocal kind of experience it does get It does get old being the one that always goes in and takes care of business, right? Being the one that fixes the moment, being the one that comes in and says, okay, let's talk about this being that only one. Now there's not a scale, but if that partner doesn't come back and say, you know, I think this is a time I need to have a conversation. This is how I want to express it, you know, set the boundaries around it. I, I think there is somewhat of a scale. Not not in the way that you're you know, you're saying that as far as keeping track. I I did it two times and you did it ten times. It's it's about that feeling and being able to share, you know, I'd really like you to share with me what's going on for you without me having to be the one that starts this conversation every time. But
1: I'll say that maybe for some couples that works. Maybe for some couples that works. For me, I want to do the dishes four times, you do them five. This is the deal we struck with one another. I live it's perfect. Let's, let's stick by maybe maybe there is again that very literal very okay. this sure. is our contract. I expect you to like you know what I mean? maybe that's. It's like what, maybe that's what they need. So I'm not yeah, it's
0: bad. like <laughs> It's like going to the doctor for a checkup. Go out there, check on the relationship. However, you got to do it. And I yeah. get it. It's not always the most spontaneous or sexy thing that social media says. That's something that it, it, the guys or the girls should just know. But you know what? You're Hello. this. I don't know who Hello. needs to hear this, but the internet is not real. <laughs> no, I
1: almost just went bold. I
4: thing on live. Oh my
1: uh, gosh. Like, honestly, you should just know is the biggest load of absolute BS I have ever heard in my entire
2: Thank life. <laughs> <For laughs> Say it. You could say the whole word out no. there. <laughs> Bullshit.
1: Because, no, how how am I supposed to know what is expected of me, what rules I'm playing by, what the anything is, if it's not communicated with me?
2: Like, that is so oh, You are setting come me up for
1: the
2: <laughs> Brooke, I know you were talking in that space of, like, literally, like, write it down, have the numbers, but... Relationship, we're not just talking about romantic relationships, even though it's February and, you know, Valentine's Day was yesterday or whatever. (laughs)
3: Whatever,
2: it was. Whatever, but imagine like a, a family relationship. Growing up, we had a list of chores that we had to do and we understood clearly, like, Anthony does the dishes these days. My brother takes out the litter box these days, like, and my parents you know, give me food and shelter. These are all things... These are all things that, like, I'm sure my parents just, like, wish that we would have known to do our chores, but sometimes in certain relationships, you just have to lay out the terms of the relationship very clearly.
1: I'm going to take it one step further. You don't know where you're your person what they have seen demonstrated to them as a healthy relationship you have no idea what because we if we're mirroring what our parents did if we're mirroring the relationships we see around them we have no clue if those relationships were healthy we're good how they communicated how so, so you assuming somebody should just know when you have no clue what their child i mean really when you're learning that's absurd. <laughs> because there's no way to know if you don't actually talk and say, Hey, this is what I know. This is what my language of love is. This is what works for me. This is what doesn't work. for Um, and that's true in any relationship, just like Anthony said, it's true. I mean, there's an expectation in, in work and business and everything. I, but it's usually communicated. The one thing about business is we typically communicate what we expect from one another very well in business.
0: Um mm, it's all about the money's on the table.
1: It's because money's on the table. Well, so, <laughs> it, so is it in relationships unless you got the prenup? I'm just
0: saying. <laughs> we, went there. Way, we just went there.
1: <laughs> we did, we did. <laughs> but that is also another silent killer right there. Just so you know. Money. Money can be a huge silent killer in a relationship. Whether I I think there's a statistic out there that say most most people most argue the little arguments arguments that happen typically over money. Um, Mm -hmm. Because why why do why do you think that is?
0: Ooh, different money stories and beliefs that we've grown up with, expectations around money, fears around money you're literally bringing somebody else into assuming that your relationship is going in that direction. You're literally bringing another person into that world. And it may or may not be the same thing as yours. So how they feel about spending, saving, investing might be two totally different places. And unless somebody leads out in that conversation, then there's going to be a lot of weird, ambiguous, why are you doing this? Why are you not doing this around money? And it's going to put a strain unless some clarity comes into the what we are going to do versus what I'm going to do and what you're going to do. Does that make sense?
2: I, yeah, that, that does make sense. And I also think that money is itself not a silent killer, but all of the silent killers we discussed apply to money and amplify it even more. Mm-hmm. So the same I shoulds, the same catastrophizing, mm-hmm. the same blame gaming or you know everything else also applies to money and when your relationship with another person it just gets pumped up because you know money's important it's important for a lot of reasons and i could go on a whole capitalist rant right now why it is but the fact of the matter is it's important to a lot of people and sometimes you don't talk about your expectations about money you just assume that your partner's on the same page when they're really not. And mm-hmm. maybe they have a dysfunctional relationship with money or how they were raised around money. And then assumption. Assumption, you know assumption, you assumption. might
1: say, is the the silent killer in that one.
0: Uh, yeah. Assumption's like the silent killer in like literally everything we talk about.
1: Everything talk about. Assumption is the big overwhelming uh thing here. Really quick, I want to um I just want to bring up sort of uh, something that I have seen personally um, uh, in this. And that's, have you ever been around um, a person that has a significant other? They never have anything good to say about the significant other.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. It's annoying. Like, ah.
1: Like they just constantly complaining, but they never break up with them. They're always, they're always staying together, but they never, what do you think that does to a relationship?
0: (laughs) It poisons it. it. Toxifies it. It makes other people annoyed and resent you because all you gotta <laughs> do is just yap, yap, yap. Like, <laughs> do something about it, please. Mm-hmm. I can't help you in this space. I'll say too for the
1: for people listening, if you agree, at some point that could seriously bite you in the butt too. Like you have to be very careful. About, oh, yeah, uh-huh, that sounds terrible, but don't ever tell that other, oh, their spouse terrible because it could go south very quick. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> it's like, um, I don't get that. I don't.
0: But, okay, clearly I'm triggered. I'm going to shut up now.
1: <laughs> if, if you're saying all these things, you have to believe it on some level, right? I mean, don't you, and, and is that fair to your spouse? Cause you are not, what are we doing? Not communicating with them again. Right. We are instead just defaming your other half. And I just want to say anybody who does this, I, I apologize. It makes you look bad too. <laughs>
0: um,
2: it almost <laughs> is like no. I
0: already...
1: nobody. <laughs>
2: oh, what if it's the opposite or. Uh, no, never mind. Just continue were, without. that they're
1: always saying good things about them? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's okay. We say, oh, they're in love. It's so cute.
2: <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, where there's types of relationships where it's like, oh, you're, like, saying all these bad things in public, but in private, like, you're very nice to your partner and you love on them. I think or... that's
3: what happens
1: most of the time. I really mm-hmm. do. I'm convinced that, I mean, yes, mind you, they're the ones that break up and get together. But it's it's really an indication of that person just likes to complain like um but then they're all love. i don't know though i'm not in that relationship thank God.
0: honestly (laughs) i have a little bit more hope for the people who even if they're fighting it out and duck and duking it out inside their relationships if they're going outside of their relationships and talking well about their significant others i've got hope for that because at least it shows on some level they're working through the ugly and that looks different for every relationship but when it comes to outside, behind their backs, even like in their presence, they're not going to throw them under the bus. And that in and of itself is commendable.
1: Well, I think that falls with catastrophizing too though, is, is you know, if you would hope that that that, mind you, you should have a safe space for you to run things by, if things are, you should have a person that you can talk to and go, okay, Am I bananas here for feeling this? Am I crazy? Am you know what I mean? Where you can run this by them hopefully before you get you go off on your partner. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that should be a space that is safe and with somebody that understands that that a coach. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but I, I, that that's a big difference than than going to my cat is. <laughs> <one of them. laughs>
2: like you're just doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um so but that that's not what we're saying here what we're saying is is it should be in in a it should always be coming from a place of productivity right we should be trying to be productive and not destructive Mm. in in these spaces
4: um
0: one of my my friends actually just jumped in
3: yeah yeah (laughs) what's up matt Matt. uh relatively I know. I'm trying to read what he, what he
1: wrote here. Oh, you know, there's definitely a cultural norm around long term relationships and marriage when it comes to people complaining about their significant others. It almost seems to be generational to some degree, and that likely comes down to what's been presented. Boom. Hold on. There's more. As normal
4: about relationships to those folks. Yes. Yep. There we go. Uh, yeah.
2: That's portrayed in media, really. That's portrayed as just like, oh, it's just
4: quirky. That's just how it goes, you know?
2: I like, I'm immediately thinking of Al Bundy and Peggy Bundy from, uh, I love, I love that show so much, but yeah, that's the very stereotypical, just yeah. like complaining about your significant other 24 seven
1: for sure, <laughs> which is interesting. We find uh destructive and, and, um, and her non-functioning relationships to be hilarious, yeah. um, which yeah, is funny. But, Can you think of a a show, uh, something in pop culture that demonstrates a very healthy relationship?
3: Sure. uh, What? So so this is a very healthy relationship. A very healthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. There's there was that one show, but it's not about a significant other. The Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed the mother-daughter relationship and their Mm -hmm. ability to have fight, turn around, and come back. I think Modern family. Family had some if we're gonna go yeah,
0: I, I, I don't stay with TV. me on this one yeah drake, drake and josh josh and <laughs> those them two oh, those seem like a pure relationship i'm not talking about Drake. <laughs> <you recall>? okay?
4: <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i love I that show i get to be the
2: boyfriend <laughs> <Oprah>. <laughs> Um, I say I gonna... the
4: parents in Ozark. I'm just kidding. I'm not sure if you guys know. I was gonna say constructive oh, parents. The parents.
3: <laughs> my husband's watching that show right now, and I would say, no way, no Yeah, way. no,
2: they're the most destructive parents on the face my, of the planet. My joke answer was gonna be the Sopranos. Um, oh, man, um, no. God damn it, Conrad. <laughs> um, the I my real answer, I, I thought of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh mm-hmm. Uncle Phil, and Ooh. I forgot the hey. mom's name, uh, or the, the his wife's name. Sorry, Mrs. Phil.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs.
2: <laughs> but they were good. Uh, <laughs> two the
3: one. There's a new one coming out, but you're talking about the original one.
2: Yeah, the original press yeah. prints. Um, Aunt Viv. I think it's Aunt Viv. Aunt
1: Viv. Viv.
2: Nice. another one. Uh. Morticia and Gomez-Adams.
1: Oh, and they, they speak, they speak yeah. language, too. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
3: What is it? Mona me, and Oh, I love it. I love their
1: gothic... Oh, um,
2: Carmela, Mona. <laughs> uh,
3: any relationships that are in real? I mean, real, real time that you would go you know that that's a really dynamic relationship as i see them i don't,
1: I don't trust anything in, in in social media reality tv or on <laughs> so <laughs> i have no clue but i'm sure they're out there i'm sure there's the long-standing healthy relationships they've been together they've standed. they've stood the test of time um oh, yeah and you would assume hopefully those are healthy relationships <laughs> but i think that's of the- one of the things Again, where are we? We, who we, what? How often do we have healthy relationships demonstrated for us? So, how can we have an expectation for anybody to know? To know, we have no clue unless mm-hmm. we sort of do it yourself uh, and talk about it. And and on that same note, letting go of those expectations of of anything you've seen really allows for you to sort of invent your own way, right? whatever works for you too. If you mm-hmm. let go of the expectations, the social norms, the society, that you know, whatever it's, and just have that, this is what works for me. This is what works for me. I don't care about anybody else and what anybody thinks or what we should be doing or what people say, but this works for us. I think that's a really healthy way of approaching things. <laughs> is it realistic? I don't know.
3: <laughs> I think it is. I've, yeah. We've practiced it. Meaning in the sessions that that's what is practiced. Is let's let's look at this from both of your perspectives. Let's find the meeting of the middle on the things that we don't agree about. What's the deal breakers? What is the definition of what we want and who we want to be in this relationship? I think is definitely workable. I've seen it.
4: <laughs> I can that, say that,
3: what Okay, go so ahead, Drew.
4: I was gonna say what is unrealistic is to assume that your relationship is always going to be healthy. I think understanding that fact. And understanding Mm -hmm. that there's recovery that comes with all relationships um, is a healthy relationship. You're going to go through your trials and tribulations. It's impossible to assume that, you know, this relationship is going to be quote unquote healthy and there aren't going to be its bumps. I think a healthy relationship comes with an understanding that you will have to recover in certain instances and being transparent with that, whether that is with your partner, or even with yourself.
1: I'm going to say, I think it's not... It still you can still have conflict and be a healthy relationship uh-huh. you can still you can still have your 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 trials and your tribulations your moments of of, of whatever it may be and remain in actually you probably should <laughs> because if you're not you're probably robots um <laughs> which you know, maybe and and then if we're all robots, then this doesn't matter because their programming will handle a lot of problems. <laughs> um mm-hmm. sorry, just zoning off into left field there. But but it's that that is maybe a label we should get is get away from is this this concept of it's unhealthy for us to uh, not always feel perfect. Um, because that's just not human. It's not normal, that's not life. Um I also wanted to quickly touch on even though we're running out of time. The idea of um, not just expectation coming from us in the relationship, sometimes there's outside expectation that is applied Mm -hmm. that we listen to, whether it be parents, whether it be friends, Mm -hmm. whether it be, but there is this pressure from outside Mm -hmm. to behave, to do, to, because of one reason or another. And that, I mean, how do you stand up to that?
2: you tell them to go to hell to some extent yeah
0: honestly (laughs) it's like to some extent you can at least recognize that they care enough about you and your partner to even put their input solicited or otherwise so obviously you're not obligated to take every piece of advice about relationships that come your way but at least being thankful for the fact that yeah, they gave that and then you can decide what you want to apply what you don't want to apply. Understanding that at the end of the day, you and your partner are going to spend more time with each other in your most vulnerable places, than the people on the outside looking in. So. Well,
1: it's, it's a bit of prioritizing too, right? Isn't it? That's it? Um, uh, are you? Who's the priority is my my mom? Uh, and what she expects a priority is, or is this relationship between you and I, the priority?
0: Ooh, um, some, <laughs> some people would answer that differently. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I mean, you have to, yeah, but that's, at some point though, you have to go, okay, this is, we're the priority here. Thank you. I'm going to listen here. I appreciate your input, but you are not in this relationship with me. you're not and any relationship you have with my partner is separate from me that's your relationship with them so um we can thank you I appreciate you like you said Um, I'll take it under advisement but beyond that I cannot promise you anything (laughs) Um, which is I think fair I I would say so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right we're done I've been yes, talking snap.
2: so much. Else, <laughs> <up>. I'm done. <laughs> it's your turn. Take over. Um, well, I think we, yeah, we're done with the live. we got to get the heck out of here. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I, think... I think
1: somebody else sign off.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think that's all, all right. Since the, all right, now the screen's on Sam. Sam, go.
0: Okay, <laughs> cool. I guess Um, at the end of the day, everything can be a silent killer if it stays silent. As long as you bring it out to the light, you at least have a chance to discover what's going on. Whether that's a gesture, whether that's a word, whether that's a belief, just speak it out, open up, be courageous enough to be vulnerable, to know exactly where you stand with something. Otherwise, you're going to be tormented by imaginations and ghosts that may never come to pass. I'm done.
1: I'll say there is no, there is no glory. There is no, um award you are not a hero for suffering in silence
2: period
1: there's no reason don't do it
2: (laughs) all right everybody we're going to be signing off now uh this has been clci live we do this every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific standard time catch us next week we're talking more relationship stuff i don't know what we're doing uh be sure to share like and subscribe and take our classes too be a coach um go do that now right now go sign up (laughs) (laughs) thanks for joining us matt thank
4: you all for joining us and as everyone else has kind of been mentioning we'll see you guys next tuesday hey
0: everyone thanks for tuning into today's episode once again this is brought to you by certified life coach institute We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at CertifiedLifeCoachInstitute.com.
3: Until next time, be well.